What's going on, family? What's going on? What's going down? Welcome to 2020, and welcome to Nonfiction with Jonathan Soul. I have a fantastic guest uh, with me this evening, uh, a practitioner of uh, therapy into mental in the mental health arena. Somebody not only who has years of experience to draw on professionally, but she's also uh, you know wrote a book which can be used as a tool uh, to help. Uh, you know, people process their own trauma and can be used as a tool by other clinicians to help their patients. Ladies and gentlemen, Christina Awobear Roy. How you doing, sister? What's going on? Hello. Thank you, Jonathan Soul, for inviting me on your program. I thank you so much, and I'm glad to be here. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, I, I call this show nonfiction because my other show, I deal with uh, artists and, 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 you know, writers and, and people like that on the comic book side of the game. Uh, uh, but the funny thing about it is uh, people can't always escape from their trauma through movies and comics and stuff. Sometimes they got to face it. And I feel like this, this wonderful poetry book slash workbook is something that people can use to help process that trauma. So my first question is, is that the purpose uh, for what you wrote the book? It, it, was it like a more personal kind of journey? Tell me about how you came up uh, with this book. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the book is called The Hidden Comfort of Poetry, A Troubled Mind and a Process of Change by uh, our guest, Christina Awobear Roy. So Christina, how did you, uh, what was the premise of the book? You know, where, where did it come from? Well, the book came from I started when I was younger and going through a whole lot of emotional difficulties and challenges in life. And so these were my personal journals of poetry that I was writing because I was going through so much. And after I had processed all my information, I said, well, this may be able to help someone else. So I made it into a workbook. So I talk about the poetry And then I tell the reasons why I wrote the poetry. And then I give them focal points in which they can help clients or just touch upon to process their own information. If, you know, if a person outside of the mental health um, uh, arena would like to, you know, get the book, they can help themselves with different topic areas in the book. Now, that's interesting. I've, I've had a guest on my program, my comic book program, a couple of times by the name of uh, Turtell Only. He's, a, uh, he's an artist and an art therapist from Chicago. Since this is poetry, could you consider this art therapy? Yes, because it helps you. It's a powerful tool for expression, for the person to get their thoughts out on paper. So however, their emotions, what they're dealing with, for example, if they're dealing with anger, if they're dealing with heart, just hardships, disappointments, death, I have topic areas in here in which they can express themselves. I ask them questions in reference to that area of difficulty just to help them process a little bit more. Okay, okay. So is a process of, is a process, is the act of discussing the topic, the idea, the trauma, bringing it out into the open, is that most well, of the process or is there more to it than that? There's more to it than that. So you can discuss it, but you're also right. Sometimes people don't communicate their feelings 
as well when they're talking because they're leaving things hidden or they're um, they're looking at different other maybe emotions of what another person is experiencing as far as when they tell their trauma. So this is where they can write it down privately and express all that they feel that they want to express. And then eventually when they decide that they want to talk about that issue, they can, or it could be used in a different way. So you can use this tool in multiple ways to help a person get healing. Okay. Okay. Now I got the book here and I noticed that after the poems, there are discussion questions and lines for you to fill in. So this could almost be like a journal or something, right? Correct. Yeah, it could be a journal or it could be a workbook where the therapist is helping the client or um, just a group discussion, you know, different topics they can pull out as a group discussion. Okay, okay. Now, um, full disclosure, ladies and gentlemen, this is my beloved cousin. (laughs) (laughs) We grew up with and everything like that, so... I'm going to I'm going to be able to give, you know, ask more pointed questions, I think, than the average interviewer. So your 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 first last name is Awube. Where did Awube come from? Why isn't it Johnson or or Jackson or something? Where Awube come from? Awube, my dad is Nigerian, Igbo. And Awube means to stop death. And so that's from my father. Okay. Okay. And when when I. uh, when I um, was at your book signing, I was surprised how much your father figured into the creation of this book. Could you talk a little bit yes. about that? Well, my father wasn't in my life like I desired him to be. Um, my mother and father got a divorce early when I was about five, um, and that was a hard struggle for me. And I wanted him to be in the home, even though I had wonderful father figures in my life, but I was so imprisoned that I want in my own thought about wanting my biological father there in my life. And that caused a lot of pain of him not being there. And then he had a different, a whole, you know, different family. And so I wanted him in my life and I got into relationships trying to find that love that I desired from my dad to, um, it was maladaptive in different relationships, but I wanted the love from my dad, you know, towards me. So, um, I stayed in prison by that thought for quite a, quite a bit that hurt that I wanted from him, but I didn't receive it. You know, 50%, if I, if I remember the stats correctly, around 40-50% of the marriages in America end in divorce. And so there may be a lot of children, you know, now adults, uh, dealing with that kind of issue. Do you think that's something that we outgrow, or do we have to purposefully address that trauma or that need? I think you have to purposely address that because it may play out in different areas in your life. Like, I had an anger, I had so much anger, but I didn't know where the anger was coming from. You know, I would get into relationships, do different things, wanting attention and wanting the right relationship. But that anger or that trauma, if it's, you know, undressed or not met, will come out somewhere else in your life. You know, so it has to be purposefully addressed and attacked. Okay, okay. 
so you have you're married, you have children, you have a wonderful husband. Um, yeah. Is that part of the recovery, or is that just a, a wonderful benefit of you know making the right decisions coming up? I mean, well, I think you have to do healing before um, you, you have to work on yourself before you get together with someone in marriage because okay. you know it's a process where you have your own baggage and the person already has their own difficulties or challenges so you don't want to come together with a whole lot of you know things that's unresolved because that can hurt the bonding or the marriage so I think you have to do work on you independently. It's not saying that when you get married, there's not going to have any, you know, any difficulties, but a good part before you meet someone else should be working on the individual. Mm. And that's what I had to do before I connect with someone else. So working with all the hurt relationships, all the different disappointments, how I felt that my dad wasn't there, um, the way I wanted him to be, I had to work through all of those, you know, difficulties before connecting with someone else because I may have treated him just like other situations that I experienced in my past. Okay. So um, you really have to work on yourself first. Is this something that can be knocked out in, you know, maybe four weeks of therapy? Is this an extended process? I mean, what's your assessment? If we're de- let's let's I, just stick with the whole father because there's probably a lot of people. And when I go to work downtown, I see a lot of young men or males because they haven't seemed like they plugged in manhood yet. A lot of males that you can smell it; they don't have no father in their life. So, yeah. so is this something that could be knocked out? You know, in a short period of time? Is it a? Is it you know? Is it an extended journey? What do you think? And each person is different individually, what they're willing to let go and forgive and, you know, really dig down deep and be open and honest to the hurts that they experience of not having a father figure and how, you know, that impacts their life and how they interact with another person and in the world. So, it depends on the individual. Some people may be able to find resolution quicker than others. With me, it was a journey and it took a long time and it was a a process because my father passed away last September. Mm -hmm. So even with the difficulties, you know, that I experienced coming up and then, but we resolved those issues, issue of forgiveness was in place but it still hurts because sometimes you look at moments that you could have been together that wasn't, those moments were missed. <laughs> but, um, you know, once the healing process, you're willing to forgive and not so much for um, just the forgiveness, but forgiveness for freedom for yourself. Okay. And thank God we was able to talk and, you know, resolve issues. Okay. Okay. Now you mentioned something earlier. You mentioned forgiveness. How important is forgiveness in terms of repairing trauma? Forgiveness is a big piece because it's forgiveness is not saying that you've totally forgotten everything, mm-hmm. but forgiveness is a process in which it allows you, the victim or how you feel, 
to heal. Okay. And I believe forgiveness is a big piece. You can talk just on forgiveness of alone. You well, know, let's, so I let's think that's do that. What define forgiveness for me? Because sometimes I think we take very, we just make assumptions about certain concepts. What does forgiveness mean to you? In very simple well, I terms. Believe, okay. Forgiveness is allowing the pains to be free, allowing freedom from the pains in which you experience total freedom and allowing the other person to let go. Like you're not holding that person any longer for some of the trauma that you experience. So it's being free. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, let me ask you about this. This is, this is the definition I came up with. And you're a clinician, okay. so you can tell me, you're wrong, baby. You're wrong. You know what I mean? Ah. So my, my definition of forgiveness is they did the best they could. So with, with my pop, you know, I had a certain, you know, I had the, every human being wants their parents to be together. When you, you know, grow up, you realize, okay, they would have never worked out, yada, yada. But, you know, with my thing, there was a period when I tried to reach out to him. And it was not reciprocated. And, you know, so the first time, second time, you know, third time. So then I would cut people off, you know, him, you know, people. I'll cut them off for years. <laughs> you know what yeah. Kind of thing. I can yeah. go a long time. A weird, I can go a long time. I must have been a monk in another life. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so finally, um, different family members was telling me, because when I was around them, I had a look on my face. And, like, I okay. was, you know, like, very angry, whatever, whatever. So the way I processed it was once I found out how we grew up, you know, how much poverty yeah. it was, how, you know, you, if Pop was telling me in his back in his day, people had to buy jobs, meaning that you'd be in a line full of 25 people for one job, and the guy who got it was the guy that offered the guy some bread. But everybody was broke okay. already, you know. So yeah. I realized that all he had was the tools that he had, and he couldn't have been any better father than he was. That was the best that he could do. And so once I realized that, I kind of, in my brain, kind of lowered my expectations to what he was doing. Okay. And then I was free, but it took it took some time. But I was like, oh. I'm not mad at the motherfucker anymore. <laughs> okay. 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 He didn't know. You know what I mean? He couldn't yeah. do that better. He was a, you know what I mean? So, and then of course the onus was on me. I got to fix this. I can't let this shit go forward into the next generation. So, yeah. Yeah. so I know it's not textbook, but is that, is that some, has some validity in your clinical world? The motherfucker did the well, best he could. Is that in the textbook? Uh, oh, oh, no, that's not in the textbook. But, but I'm saying the way in which you allowed to let go. So some reasoning got to you. You know, it, it was reciprocated to you that you understood. Mm -hmm. And um, you allowing yourself to be free from, you know, holding him, you know, for what he did or the hurt. Mm -hmm. towards you okay. so you allowed healing to come come to you you know with what um he said to you mm -hmm. so i think every as is a process 
maybe at the time when you was looking, it just wasn't the right time. But now as you're getting older, you're finding that, okay, I can do this. I can forgive him. I understand his story. I understand. But then you learned something out of that too, that you didn't want to put that, you know, in your history with your children. Right. And that you're trying to be the best father you could be. Now, people usually link forgive and forget together. Is that wise? In your opinion? Well, I think it's it's different for each person. Now, sometimes you don't want, I guess you should forgive. And it's also good if you could forget too. But mm-hmm. sometimes you don't want to go into the make the same mistake. Right. So different memories or different things help you to perform better at the task in which you're trying to um, achieve. So uh, it depends on what that um, remembering, what that brings to you. If it's bringing hurt, then you need to let go, especially if you've already forgiven the person. You're letting go of the the thoughts and things like that if it's calling causing you hurt but if it's causing you to be motivated that you're going to do something else positive then um it's okay okay all right so if a person in your life is still in your life and they 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 have a history of hurting you so you forgive them but i guess uh, let me see let me see Maybe like an example, maybe let's say if there was an abusive relationship, maybe, maybe it was a, see, spouse is hard. Uh, I would say, I don't know, some, somebody in your close proximity, maybe just is a drag. Uh, to me, I would forgive them, but the forget part wouldn't come into play. I would keep them at a safe enough distance where they couldn't hurt me anymore. So for example, if it was say somebody who always talks negatively, then I just wouldn't call them, you know what I mean? Or if they call, I wouldn't talk to them unless I'm feeling really buoyant that day, you know what I mean? Or Yeah. You, you know, yeah. Does that make sense in terms of not forgetting? Yes, it makes sense because you don't want, if a person has been hurting you or a passive, you know, been hurting you all along, you can forgive, but you don't have to stay in that element of hurt. Okay. Now, as far as, like, if you're with the person you live with the person then i always feel that counseling is needed because i always say it's two sides to every story right maybe three or four sides but that's when specific counseling will come to play of you know what is needed but you 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 don't you don't want no one to hurt you physically and you you know you, you don't want to be hurt emotionally as well but that's when I feel that more healing, another healing process needs to occur with counseling. But you also want to be wise and safe. Sure, too. sure. Now, uh, we mentioned the forgiveness. We mentioned uh, forgetting. Uh, I know you, and so a, a big part of this book, and I think a big part of your journey, is faith. Uh, talk yes. a little bit about how important your faith is in this process. Well, God is the reason why, um, and plus being brought up in a very um, spiritual environment, religion, and believing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and that had a lot to do with me, I guess, not going overboard 
and doing um, some things that it could be lead to your life to be really, you know, um, broke broke down or very challenging, hard to get back up. Mm-hmm. So I always prayed and asked God to help me through the life challenges that I faced. And that kept me, even though I'm not saying I did everything right, but just praying, um, had support systems around me, you know, to help me with different challenges. Sometimes I couldn't go to other people because I felt that I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're in relationships with someone who's um, abusing substances and you're getting abused by that person to go to um, family members because they're too overly emotional that they want to do something to harm the person. You know, they're too charged up. So they're really not hearing everything. They want to act and solve that problem right away. Mm-hmm. And so they may go more on the physical realm, but spiritually I had to just pray and get in tune to myself, my savior, the Lord that I believe in. Okay. Okay. And so that helped me to overcome challenges. Okay. All right. And, uh, and the last thing I think, and you kind of hinted at it is family. Uh, oh, tell yeah. me was family important in this process or was it a solo journey? Well, Family was important. It was important, but when I wrote the book, I just poured myself. It, it felt like some of the things that I was going through, I felt alone. Okay. And um, not saying that I was alone, but when I went through these different difficulties, because I didn't want to share things mm-hmm. with other people. Right. So I did feel alone in that instance. And, and that came this book. That's the, the book came about from that process. So we dealt with, we dealt with uh, forgiveness. We dealt with, uh, you know, forgetting. We dealt with faith. We dealt with family. Yes. Wow. So, um, uh, I was at your book sign and I think it was, was it November? Or was it October? The book signing? September. Here. September. Okay. And, uh, when we talked, Oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, you can get the book on uh, Christy's website at uh, onwillbear-roy.com. So that's O-N-W-U-B-E-R-E-Roy, R-O-Y-E.com. Onwillbear, right, O-N-W-U-B-E-R-E-Roy, R-O-Y-E.com. Now, you said you're having, uh, like, another book signing in... Uh, April? Oh, and yes, in April. Um, I'll just follow tune. If you go to the website, I'll be more specific. But right now is around April, springtime. But I'll put more information out there. But it's coming soon. Okay, okay, okay. Now, if people want to follow you on social media, how do they do that? Um, I'm on Facebook. So if they put Christina Roy. Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, and Roy, R-O-Y-E, they'll find me on Facebook. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Now, uh, any parting words for people who may have had some some trauma growing up or some difficult circumstances that they feel like are, you know, negatively impacting their lives now? Um, they should go get the book, which I think is a yeah. wonderful workbook. 
But also, is, is therapy something that you recommend for everybody or is just praying enough or what should I do? I think therapy is a wonderful element which everyone should embrace. But also, there are people that may, you know, they can talk to that, some, that they trust. But I really think therapy is a good tool. I'm in the therapy, the therapist field. So, of course, I advocate for people to um, go seek therapy or they can go to a family member that they really trust if they refuse to go to therapy. A family member that they trust, um, it could be someone that they really respect and that they can go to. I wouldn't say a friend that is doing the same wrong things that they're doing, but someone that has some guidance. That's why I always would, you know, champion the therapist. But, um, yeah, that they seek help. Okay. And lastly, uh, what are your credentials? A licensed licensed clinical professional counselor, which I'm licensed in Maryland and D.C., Wow. Wow. This has been heavy. You know, this has been heavy. Um, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I want to thank you for being oh, very uh, open and, and transparent and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, it must have it must have took some serious courage to, you know, to write this book and to put all this. Uh, I guess to put all this out there. Um, what kind of yeah. what kind of reception have you been getting when you've been speaking with people about the book? It's been very positive. Um, some people are, um, they, they give me courage, you know, encourage me to, to continue to write more books, but they also tell me how open and transparent I am with telling my story, not leaving anything out, but just letting um, people know. So I've been getting warm reception from other people and encouragement as well excellent excellent in closing i want to thank you for being on the program and quickly um give people your contact information so they can get the book so my website is on there o n w u b e r e dash roy r o y e dot com and my email address it's Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, at Anuber, O-N-W-U-B-E-R-E, dash Roy, R-O-Y-E, dot com. And they, of course, can reach, me out, reach out to me on Facebook at Christina Roy. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Counselor Roy, it's been an honor to have you on the program. Thank you so much.